Valentine's Day is in the air. Apartment 9 is fully decorated in pink and red. Hearts are everywhere. Dylan is making breakfast when Mrs. Halverson walks into the kitchen. Do I smell bacon and eggs? No, it's a, a protein shake. Well, could I? <laughs> uh, I guess. Sure, coming right up. And since we gotta fill the time with obligatory conversation, how are you this morning, Mrs. H? Well, I woke up with a backache. My rheumatoid arthritis is flaring up and I have early onset tinnitus. But all in all, I'm doing just great. What? It sounds like you're falling apart. Honey, when you're my age, just waking up is a blessing, don't you know? All that said, you still sound really cranky, which isn't usually like you. Well, sorry. I don't get laid five nights a week like you do. Really? What's wrong? What's Mr. Halverson? He left me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you guys were solid. Oh, we are Magnus the Long Dong. He's left for a month on business, and now he's going to miss Valentine's Day. Ah, is he on one of his secret missions? Yes. Wait, I mean, he's on a mission to find me a wine to pair with my celebrity cheesehead collection, Natalie Portwine. <laughs> Bradley bursts into the kitchen, making a beeline for Dylan. Dylan, why are you making breakfast? You said you'd be planning my campaign first thing this morning. You know how much this means to me. And you owe me ever since the last time I took that date off your hands when you had three in one night. And I did run many successful campaigns for my fraternity in college. We were the number one rated show on Pornhub. <laughs> Being elected will allow me to give back, to create an environment in which love abounds, to deliver on my campaign promises. What office is that? Valentine's Banquet Chairman. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. I've seen House of Cards. But what I don't understand is why the banquet is at the end of February. Oh, ask Mrs. H. Well, everyone knows that's when Valentine's Day is. The fourth Thursday of February? No, it isn't. That's Thanksgiving. That's the fourth Thursday of November. Valentine's Day is the 14th of February. Been that way since forever. Huh, I've had it wrong all these years. Must be because I'm thankful for my valentine, Mr. H. Allison enters the kitchen, all dolled up, catching everyone's attention. Hey, Bradley, can I borrow your croquet set? You're not going to the Riverwalk to play croquet on the lawn alone again, hoping some desperate soul joins you, are you? No, I'm auditioning for the Queen of Hearts, so I can chop your head off. (laughs) It just so happens that I have a date, and he likes to play croquet too. Sure, it's in the storage closet off the porch. So, how did you meet this one? Picking up dates that call into your show again? (laughs) No. We met at a shaved ice stand while we were both walking the river. And we ordered the same combination. Cameron slothfully walks into the kitchen. He looks positively exhausted. Uh, Morning, everyone. What? Cammie, you look awful! Up all night, swiping right, hoping that someone matches? I just can't, Mrs. H. I do not have the energy to fend off your barbs. I'm not feeling well. I think I'm coming down with something. Well, better get back to your room. We don't want what you're giving away. I stopped wanting that months ago. Perhaps Mrs. H has a Minnesotan wonder remedy. Oh, my Lanta, yes. I can make you one of my famous hot toddies. You mean the one you made for me last year when I had strep? It worked, didn't it? Yeah, but that thing should have come with an octane rating. I think I just need to rest. 
I've been burning the candle from both ends. You have one of those double-ended dildos, too? <laughs> what? No. I've just been working a lot. Well, if you decide you want the toddy, let me know. I'm going to have lots of time to make it because of Mr. H being out of town. I don't know what I'm going to do. You guys are all so busy and are my only friends. Ever since Helga moved away to be with her mom after her dad died. How'd he die? He was fighting forest fires in California. He was 85. <laughs> Would you like to come with my date and me? I mean, croquet is more challenging with more than two players. Oh, you betcha. That's so sweet of you. Just let me get my Alice in Wonderland costume. <laughs> There are campaign posters everywhere. The living room looks like the campaign headquarters from the Manchurian candidate. Bradley is following Dylan around checking off items on his iPad. Okay, let's recap. You've sent the key art to the graphic designers, contacted the call center, arranged for the wine and cheese baskets to get delivered to the committee, booked the town hall, and set up the TV crew? Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, and yes. Dylan sits down in a chair, and Bradley on the sofa across from him. Phew. You know, with all this work, I could run for Valentine's Banquet Chairman myself. <laughs> what? You? <laughs> you don't even know anything about love. Plus, it's a sophisticated affair, and you only know how to throw parties with beer kegs, polo shirts with popped collars, and lots and lots of lube. <laughs> And what's wrong with that? Dude, you have no sense of class or style. This is a formal affair, need I remind you. Right, and you're one to talk? You constantly look like you're about to walk into your next horror convention. And your love track record isn't much better. Oh, whatever. With this event, you have to set the right mood, serve the right food, and I cannot understate the importance of wearing the best attire. What one wears on a Valentine's date says a lot about them. You know, I'm not one-dimensional. I can be romantic and classy too. And when I do dress up, I look like the cover of GQ magazine. <laughs> yeah, and Kim Kardashian's ass is naturally that big. <laughs> Here, I'll show you. Next person that walks into the living room, I'll critique what they're wearing. Fine, I'll pick up a racket and join the game. You're on. Fine. Fine. Walking into the living room is Cameron, dressed in an old t-shirt, sweatpants, glasses, and sliders. Hey guys, I'm just gonna go lie down. I went to the drugstore and got a Z-Pack. This had better work or else it'll be Mrs. H's hot toddy that could fuel space rockets. Wait, before you go to your room to die, stand right there. Cameron stands in the middle of the room. And turn around. Uh, what is this? See this t-shirt from a concert that Cameron didn't even attend. The way it's misshapen, with a stretched collar, it just shows the world that he probably sits at home, eating Doritos, playing video games, and should be out looking for a damn job. Yeah, well, these sweatpants that would obviously look like a Jackson Pollock painting under a blacklight, with their baggy appearance, admit to the world that he has no ass, a small package, and eats his weight in Ben & Jerry's, while he reads Harlequin romance novels. What the hell, you guys? I literally got out of bed to go to the drugstore. Go mean girl someone else's attire. I'm going to bed. Cameron leaves the living room and heads to his bedroom. At that moment, Allison walks into the living room from her bedroom, holding two dresses with accessories. Okay, Bradley, here are the two dresses I'm thinking of wearing to the banquet. Hey, wait, I can objectify clothing too. 
Fine. Okay. Boys, what do you think of these two options? Go with the silver one. (laughs) An unlightened evaluation. Can't you see that the silver dress accentuates the love handles? That the control top panties don't hide too well? (laughs) That may be, but the red dress would draw attention to the boobs that are obviously in a push-up bra. (laughs) Yes, but the silver dress has a lengthy slit, pointing the eyes to the cellulite on those square manly thighs. Why don't I just wear a sign that says too ugly to live? (laughs) Fine. But are you gonna hang it from those pearls that scream you're really a 60-year-old? Or the chain, which basically says, come at me with whips and chains. Neither. I'm going to spray paint it on my hump! See, Bradley, you don't know any more about style for the Valentine's Banquet than I do. I'm gonna run for chairman, too. (laughs) Suit yourself, but I'm gonna win. Oh, confident, are we? You know that most of the committee is made up of the wives and girlfriends of the building? Who are you gonna sleep with? (laughs) Are you suggesting that I can't win based upon my talent, taste, and charisma alone? Boys! Yes? Allison sits down on the opposite side of the couch from Bradley, but turns to face the boys. You can finish your childish, pedantic argument later, but right now, I have a problem. What's going on? Things with Charlie not going well? Oh, dating Charlie and Mrs. Halverson is going great. Aw, that's nice. Wait, what? (laughs) Tonight is the first night that Charlie and I will have had the night to ourselves in more than a week. Have you tried telling her that she needs to let you two spend some time alone together? I've tried, but you know how lonely she feels right now without Mr. H, and she is a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, but how do you guys, you know? We haven't, ever since that croquet game. But tonight, we will finally have some alone time. I sent Mrs. H on a wild goose chase. It'll take her hours before she's back. You're dumping Mrs. H? Faster than Taylor Swift dumps her boyfriends. Allison takes her phone out of her pocket and looks at the screen. It's Charlie. He's waiting for me downstairs with the car running, so all I have to do is jump in. See ya, boys! Have fun! Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. That doesn't leave much. (laughs) Allison walks out of apartment 9 and into the hallway, awaiting the elevator. As the doors open, Allison sees... Mrs. Halverson? Mrs. Halverson is standing in the elevator, holding a... You guessed it. Wild goose. I see you captured a goose. <laughs> ah, yeah, betcha. Boy, that was some scavenger hunt you sent me on. It was a real doozy, but I did it. Did you find your goose? My what? Oh, you mean, uh, yeah. Well, uh, my, mine was the one that got away. <laughs> oh, you heading somewhere? No. Well, I mean, yes, I, Mrs. H, um... I was just heading to meet Charlie. Ah, uh, to get a table early so I wouldn't have to wait long with my bad knees. Ah, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, that's it. Well, since you probably want to relax after catching that goose, uh, I can just grab something with Charlie and I, I'll catch you tomorrow. That's all right. You're not tired. Wasn't hard to catch the goose. Just lured him in the way we used to get back in the old country. I know I'm going to hate myself for asking, but how was that? Well... My dad used to dress me up in a feather costume and have me make female goose calls. When the male goose got inside the trap, daddy would close it. Wait, you were in the trap too? No, oh, my auntie, yes. It was difficult fending off his advances. Damn, I knew it. <laughs> what was that? 
Uh, Inuit. We're, we're going to an Inuit restaurant, and I know that you don't care for exotic food. Nonsense. Inuit food is close to Minnesotan food. I'll come with you guys. Uh-huh. All right. L- let's go. Every week on Real Spoilers, what we do is we take that week's big release on the weeks that we guess right, and we spoil it for you. So if you saw a movie and you want to talk about it with your friends, but maybe maybe you don't have any friends, we can be your friends in podcast form. We'll talk about the movie in rich Vibrant detail And it's kind of like A book club for movies Yeah We're just a bunch of movie nerds Yeah And so it's just A long form conversation About the movie Going through its plot Talking about what worked And uh, a lot of times What didn't And making fun of it When it doesn't work And if you like the show Feel free to share it On uh, your Facebook Social media Twitter Verse Thing Stuff So that's what we do On Real Spoilers It's like a book club for movies Only with less Oprah While Alison is on her date with Charlie and Mrs. Halverson, Bradley, Dylan and Cameron are all sitting around watching My Bloody Valentine, the original. Although Jensen Ackles is pretty hot in the remake. Cameron is wrapped in a blanket, whilst Bradley and Dylan are shirtless, wearing gym shorts. Hey, thanks for staying in tonight, guys. I'm still not up to par. I wish I could get warm. Hey, Dylan, does this heating blanket go up any higher? Higher? Any higher, and I think you can cook a lean cuisine. Solid choice on a movie cam. Considering that none of us had dates on the real Valentine's Day, this seems fitting. Hopefully we can get dates for the Valentine's banquet. How's your campaign going? Pretty damn well. My polling shows that I'm ahead of you by a few dozen votes. Oh, Brad, you know that polling is a bunch of bullshit. Besides, I think that Dylan is better known around the building. (laughs) What? I've lived here for years. Dylan's been here for six months. But in those six months, I've made many many connections. We will see how the committee votes. At the end of the day, they will vote for classy over an elegance. You're so sure of yourself, aren't you? Personally, I think people put way too much stock into Valentine's Day. It's way overblown and so commercialized. It's only the most romantic day of the year. According to who? Hallmark? Look, I enjoy cheesy Hallmark movies as much as the next guy. But by setting unrealistic expectations for your Valentine's Day, people set themselves up for failure. So, you mean to tell me that you've never tried to get a date for Valentine's Day? Of course I have. Don't judge me by my cover, because I'm a real good book. I have a romantic side too. I'm not only a horn dog. And I've been disappointed by dates too. See? So, you do think Valentine dates are important? They're fun, but they're not everything. I'd rather go to Texas Day Brazil with a group of friends on Valentine's Day than some one-off date with a rando that I picked up on an app or it hit me again. With my friends, I'll never look back at a Valentine's Day with disgust. Uh, I suppose I can see your point. After all, when I think of the last Valentine's Day, all I can think of is the guy that broke my heart. Who was that? Me, you halfwit. <laughs> Alison and Mrs. Halverson arrive back at apartment 9 from their date. Mrs. Halverson is all smiles and vivacious energy, whilst Alison does her best to hide her annoyance. I could really go for coffee, uh, with a healthy shot of Jack right now. Aw, you just sit right down, honey. I'll go make us some hard coffee. It's the least I can do. Thanks again for dinner. Don't mention it, Mrs. H. While I'm making coffee, it looks like Cammy needs one of my hot toddies after all. Ugh, fine. Just... Make it super unleaded this time. (laughs) Mrs. Halverson heads into the kitchen, and as soon as Cameron is sure she's out of earshot, he 
He leans towards Allison and asks, So, how was the date? I'm really liking Charlie, but I don't know how much more of Mrs. H's tagging along he, or I for that matter, are going to be able to take. Why don't you and Charlie go away for the weekend, just the two of you? You know, that's a good idea. I haven't been on a weekend getaway date in a long time. And I have been wanting to take that short cruise from here to Key West. See? There you go. You two will have a great time. You're right. I'll talk to Charlie. While Alison is finishing her thought, Mrs. H walks back into the living room with a tray of drinks. And we can take that Key West cruise next weekend. Ooh, Key West? I can't wait. I haven't been anywhere since Mr. H and I went on that last minute cruise for his birthday. Oh, you really know how to make an old lonely lady feel young again. Mrs. Halveson puts the tray of drinks down, hands Cameron his hot toddy and Allison her coffee, then looks at her phone. Oh, gee willikers, it's Mr. H. He wants to FaceTime. I'll just be on my way. Good night, kids. Boy, Key West, can't wait to tell Mr. H. He'll be so jealous. It's the middle of the night, but an insomniac Allison is sitting at the kitchen table drinking a brandy displaying visible signs of frustration and deep focus, when all of a sudden, Dylan walks in. (sighs) And here I thought I was the only one who couldn't sleep tonight. You can't sleep either? Not a wink. So much on my mind. Can't sleep because of the whole Mrs. H thing, huh? No, I can't sleep because I saw Catherine Zeta-Jones pushing Detangler on HSN. (laughs) Oh my, that is a career low. I guess she had it coming. I don't want to hurt Mrs. H's feelings. I know she's lonely when Mr. H goes out of town, and we're all busy with our own lives. Just then, Bradley walks into the kitchen. Oh, you guys are up too? What's keeping you up? Oh, it's just tragic. I don't know if I'm going to win the Valentine's Banquet Chairman election. Some of us have legitimate problems. I guess I'll just wait for Mr. H to come back into town. Maybe Charlie will hang on till then. Key West will just have to wait. No, girl. You need to sit down and have a talk with Mrs. H. She needs to be forced to find her own friends, because it's not healthy to only have the four of us as friends. You're right. I just wish I knew how to broach the subject. You'll figure it out. You always do. You solve thousands of people's problems every year, after all. And you've been more than accommodating. And Charlie has been incredibly reasonable to Mrs. H as a third wheel from what you've described. Don't let this one go, Allie. I mean, he's the first guy to not dump you after the first date in months. (laughs) And like a zombie, Cameron walks into the kitchen. How is a sick guy supposed to get any rest around here with you three up at all hours? We are trying to help Allison solve her Mrs. H dilemma. I haven't the energy. I just need NyQuil. But Allison, you need to talk to Mrs. H. Tomorrow. Don't draw this thing out another day. This reminds me of something that happened back in my frat. Oh my. Look at the time. Time to hit pay. And I am legitimately sick already. If we leave, will you follow us into our rooms? Uh, yeah. Intense, but fine. What happened in your frat? Well, after a rush, we had a bunch of new pledges. This one pledge, Blake, he was kind of a loner. My friend Chad, who was engaged to a chick from Delta Pi, decided to invite Blake as a third wheel. Well, Chad and Blake actually hooked up when Chad's fiance was out of town on a sorority trip. Chad had no idea that this casual fling would turn into something much darker. Chad called it off. Jilted by Chad, Blake became unstable. His behavior escalated from aggressive pursuit to 
obsessive stalking. Chad realized that his main problem was not hiding his fling, but rather saving himself and his fiance from the psycho. <laughs> Hold up. That's the plot to Fatal Attraction. <laughs> oh, I thought I got my stories crossed. Well, it's 2 a.m. We can't all be Mark Twain. <laughs> Mr. Positivity Wolfie T here to tell you about the Positively Wolfie podcast where we provide unqualified commentary on allegedly real news. Join me and a co-host as we provide a non-serious take on silly, strange, or just plain dumb news headlines and stories. Look for me on Twitter at PositivelyWolf1 and find the Positively Wolfy podcast on your favorite podcast app. And subscribe today. The next day, Allison walks down to Mrs. Howison's apartment. She goes to knock, but then pauses, shovels her feet a little, lowers her hand, and goes to turn away, but then turns back around and knocks on the door. Mrs. Howison doesn't answer, but Allison hears the TV is on. What was that? Allison tries the doorknob, then discovers that the door is unlocked. She lets herself in. Mrs. Halverson? It's Allison! The door was unlocked. Hey, I'm just in my room. Come on back. Allison walks through the apartment into Mrs. Halverson's room, where Allison finds Mrs. Halverson packing a suitcase. What you packing for? Oh, why, it's my practice suitcase, don't you know? <laughs> practice packing? Why, sure. I'm just so gosh darn excited to go away to Key West with you guys, and I want to make sure I have everything I need. Speaking of Key West, um, that's what I actually came down here to talk to you about. Oh, really? Me too. Want to talk about our excursions? Hour <laughs> is right, um, but you go first. I just wanted you to know how much I appreciate that you've included me over the last couple of weeks while Mr. H was out of town. So many people get wrapped up in this idyllic version of Valentine's Day, well, month, that they forget that love is so much more than erotic fantasies of youth or giving someone expensive jewelry. Valentine's is a time to show the ones you love just how much you love them. And I feel incredibly loved by you, Allison, and the rest of Apartment 9. Aww. Um, I, I don't know what to say. Well, what did you want to talk to me about? Just that, um, I, I can't wait to plan our zany excursions. Well, I gotta go back upstairs. I'll catch you tomorrow. Allison leaves the apartment and takes out her phone. She makes a call. Hey, Charlie, you're gonna get the biggest kick out of what just happened. <laughs> Allison walks into the living room and calls to everyone. No one answers. And then she remembers that Cameron is probably sleeping and Bradley and Dylan are at the Valentine's Banquet chairman voting meeting. Bradley and Dylan walk into the apartment, both looking disappointed. How'd the election go? We both lost. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, it's a plot twist that just no one saw coming. I'm stunned. Just stunned. I cannot believe just how stunned I am. Bradley, do you mean to tell me that you're stunned? Don't make jokes. It was a humiliating loss. Yeah, I had no idea that they were even interested. What happened? Who won? Strutting into the apartment in a confident fashion is Cameron, wearing a pink sash with Valentine's Banquet Chairman written across it. Say hello to the new Fairvale Annual Valentine's Banquet Chairman. What? Why? 
Why? Weren't you uninterested and sick? Well, after a few of Mrs. H's hot toddies, I began feeling better, and I got so fucking tired of listening to these two bickering about who would be the better chairman keeping me up all night long. <laughs> oh, this is just the news that I needed. Charlie dumped me, but Mrs. H and I are still going to take that trip to Key West. I'll explain later. So, what are your plans for the banquet? Yeah, can I be vice chairman? Nope. But not because I don't think you'd be good behind me. Because I'm abdicating. What kind of banquet is this? It's in the building's covenants and restrictions. The Valentine's banquet chairman can abdicate and designate another chairman. And I'm going to designate Mrs. Halverson. (laughs) Great. Now dinner will consist of a thousand varieties of herring. Speaking of whom, Allison, whatever happened to the goose of hers? Oh, well, remember the dinner we had the other night? Well, there you go. Voicing our regular cast, Max Ice as Bradley, Jeff Feitner as Cameron, Chase Grant as Dylan, Shannon Hall as Mrs. Halverson, Cassandra Dodge as Allison, and me, Ian Shaw as your narrator. Today's episode was written and directed by R.L. Terry and edited by Jason the Vern Hemming. Our theme song was written and recorded by Lana White and produced by Dave Anderson. Cause of Crowd was created by R.L. Terry and is produced by Danielle Mescal. Connect with our show on social media at Force Crowd Pod on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow Mrs. Halverson on Instagram at Mrs. Halverson Only Fans. If you would like to support the show, head over to our Patreon or Coffee pages. See you next time in Apartment 9.